Good afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the December 16th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you by my consulting firm, Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, as well as the Augusta Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. In fact, DST's president, Ms. Danita Myler, is my guest today, and she'll be on in uh, a few minutes to tell us more about why it is so important that all of us get out to vote during this advanced voting period or on January 5th, 2021. Before we get to Danita, however, I would like to talk about some of the activities that have been happening in our community and my reflections on those. I was uh, watching the news last night while I was preparing my favorite vegan soup. Uh, You all who know me know I like to cook and I was making a big batch of the kale and white bean soup. And I'm a vegetarian, not a vegan, but sometimes I enjoy vegan food as well. And uh, I was uh, watching the news and I saw that uh, just about every candidate, uh, every Senate candidate has either been to Augusta already or will be coming to Augusta soon. Uh, We know that as a result of the Senate runoffs, uh, the last two positions in the U.S. Senate to be decided upon we know that the state of Georgia uh, has commanded the national spotlight, but it also occurred to me as we reviewed uh, the fact, I looked at the schedules and who was coming and when they were coming, you know, uh, the Democratic candidates were here in Augusta this past weekend, uh, upcoming, you've got the Republican Senate candidates coming. I thought about, you know, Augusta probably has not been this much in the spotlight Uh, in a long, long time. Uh, We and our area, we're being courted because it's come down to Georgia. We are uh, the second largest metro area in the state and people need the votes of folks in the Augusta metro area. So that's why you see us getting so much attention. Uh, And as I thought about the amount of attention we were getting, I wondered if that attention is really in proportion to the way that we have voted. So what I did was I went on the website of the Richmond County Board of Elections. Uh, As we have discussed before, that is a fantastic tool to get information about our history, where we are, where we've been, uh, hopefully with some idea that that can guide us into where we are going And I pulled up some statistics from that website. I decided to go all the way back to the 1996 presidential election uh, back when Bill Clinton was running for re-election. So I went back a total of 24 years to see what the history and pattern in Richmond County has been in terms of our turnout. And when we say turnout, that means percentage of registered voters who actually voted. That does not count those individuals who are not registered to vote. Uh, Back in 1996 was the last time that we had a turnout lower than what we had this time around. This time around, turnout in November 3rd election was 64.9%, almost 65%. Back in 1996, it was 61.5%. In 2000, it was 70%. 
2004 had the highest turnout of any time in the last 24 years. Turnout was 79% that year. Then I looked at 2008 and what I had thought of as the Obama bump was not necessarily the case in Richmond County. In some other places, we saw much higher voter participation that year. But in Richmond County, it actually dropped from 2004. Um, 74.4, 74.7% voted in 2008. 2012, that dropped to 72.9%. 2016 dropped further to 72.2%. And then in 2020, we dropped all the way down to 64.9%. Now, we may attribute that to our COVID pandemic. That very well could have had something to do with it, or there could be some other reasons. Um, could be just apathy generally about the process, um, not trusting the process, uh, not feeling like that there are any results for us if we do go out and vote. Uh, but the fact that uh, that turnout is the second lowest of the past 24 years is something that we really need to come to terms with. Now, looking optimistically, uh, what uh, we saw as a turnout in the November 3rd election was significantly higher. In fact, almost double what the turnout was for the June 9th local elections, uh, which really speaks to how we look at voting. Um, it appears as if, you know, we can guarantee that over half of the registered voters are getting close to two thirds to two. 75, three quarters of our population is going to vote in a presidential election year. But when we start factoring in the local races, and again, this is why I created Local Matters, is that we need to get more focused on what happens at the local level. Only 32.6% turnout in the June 9th election and then the runoff that took place in August, turnout was even lower than that. So uh, we really have to change our mindset in terms of when we recognize how important it is to come to the polls. As always, of course, context is important. So I wanted to compare Richmond County to the state of Georgia overall. And I also wanted to compare it to the United States overall. Uh, the most recent statistics for the 2020 general election show that there was only one state in the entire U.S. that had uh, a voter turnout rate of 80 percent. And that state happened to be Minnesota. The next highest states were all in the 75 to 76 range. Those were states like Oregon, Washington, Wisconsin, Maine, Colorado, uh, and then, of course, Minnesota at the very top with 80%. At the very bottom, the turnout of registered voters, those states were Oklahoma, Arkansas, Hawaii, West Virginia, and Tennessee. And in those states, the turnout was between 55 and 60%. Mississippi came out at 60.2, Tennessee at 59.8, and Oklahoma was all the way down there at 55%. So the state of Georgia, sort of in the middle of the road, Georgia, 67.7%. Uh, and we here in Richmond County, as I indicated, were at uh, a shade under 65%. So we were just a little bit under the average in the state of Georgia and a little bit under the United States average. 
Uh, so I know people were upset. I saw some folks on Facebook going, how in the world did that many people stay at home? Uh, but it's not just an Augusta thing. It's not just a Georgia thing. It's a nationwide thing that even though folks take the time to get registered to vote, they don't follow through with actually voting. And then, of course, there's the other piece of it that uh, I hope to encourage discussion about is it's good to get registered to vote. It's good to show up to vote, but it's even better to research your candidates and research the issues so that you're making an informed choice whenever it is that you pick up that ballot. As we know, the first day of early voting was this past Monday, December 14th. Also on that day, there was the John Lewis Good Trouble March and Votercade. That event was put together by a uh, group of organizations uh, led by the League of Women Voters of the CSRA, but also included Vote Equality USA, the Transformative Justice Coalition, the Rainbow Push Coalition, Georgia Coalition for the People's Agenda, the New Georgia Project, Georgia Shift, the National Action Network of Augusta, the Greater Augusta's Interfaith Coalition, the National Panhellenic Council of Augusta, uh, Vons Village, Black Voters Matter, the CSRA Women's Veterans Organization, and the Transport Workers Union of America. All of these organizations came together, again, to focus on how important it is that we get a decent turnout for the runoffs, uh, typically for any runoff election, there is a smaller turnout than there was in the general election. A lot of times it's because people, A, are jaded by the process. They're like, oh, I already been once. I'm not going back again. Or they forget about it. And they say, oh, election? We have another election coming? And they, you know, they just don't keep that in mind that their expectation is that they follow up by coming back to the polls. And the process in Georgia, uh, you have to have at least 50 percent of the vote to win an office, 50 percent plus one, uh, as the law says. So many times that will result in a runoff if you have uh, more than two candidates in a in a race. So um, you've got uh, that factor. And uh, there's so many people working to energize folks. Uh, get them interested in coming back to the polls. Uh, most of these organizations are nonprofit organizations. Uh, so the purpose of this event was not to encourage people or persuade people to vote in any particular way, but it was to uh, let people know that the polls are open and it is their civic duty to participate in the process. And uh, it is important to have a voice. Uh, a couple of things occurred to me while I was there. One of them was looking at those numbers because I was a speaker on the program. Uh, briefly, I gave some remarks and I talked about our voting history with that 65 percent or so. That number is very close to the number of folks who participated or on the self-response portion of the census, which is to say that's not the folks that were tracked down by the census enumerators. Those that is the folks who self-reported. So those numbers in Richmond County were a little over 60 percent uh, this time around, even with all of the efforts of the various organizations to get people to complete the census. And then with voting, uh, we get a little over 65 percent. 
I would bet you, I can't prove it, but I would bet you that there was a very close correlation between those who completed the census and those who also decided to vote in the November 3rd election, which is to say that there are 30 to 35 to 40 percent of people who, for various reasons, are not engaged in the process. Uh, It may be that they're not paying attention. Uh, It may be that they don't understand the significance and how it impacts their quality of life. And that's one of the things that we talked about, as you all may recall, over the summer, I had a show uh, dedicated to the census and I had some folks talk about how they get people to recognize why they should participate in the census. They said they have to educate them. They have to help them understand Uh, that there is something in it for them because, you know, people always ask, well, why should I do it? What's in it for me? Likewise, with voting, people have to be convinced that there is something in it for them. So as those of us who are civic minded, those of us who are interested uh, in having a voice, we've got to share with others why it should be important to them to have a voice as well. Uh, There was also something else that happened uh, that day. Uh, I was looking, I was talking to uh, Cliff Albright. He's one of the founders of the Black Voters Matter organization. Uh, He was one of the featured speakers, and I had the opportunity to participate uh, with Reverend Chris Johnson in in introducing him. Uh, And uh, I was just talking about, hey, you know, you all got these beautiful buses. You've got uh, vans. You've got masks, T-shirts. I mean, you all have so many materials and things to hand out to people. Uh, Where did the money come from to do all of this? And one of the things he said to me was that they have received an unprecedented amount of individual and corporate donations based upon what happened back in May in Minnesota uh, when George Floyd was killed by the Minneapolis Police Department. Uh, You may have heard if you're paying attention, you saw some news releases and newspaper, magazine articles, things on social media about how various corporations were pledging X amount of dollars to the African-American community. One of the ways that those dollars have been used is to encourage folks to vote, which, of course, is not a bad utilization of the money. Uh, That is how they translate their interest in helping the black community. It's by getting the resources into communities that help get out the vote. So I thought that was particularly uh, interesting um, and good to see that our corporate neighbors are contributing to the notion of ensuring that we get as high of a voter turnout as possible. Uh, moving forward, I've said enough. It's now time for me to bring in my guest for today. Uh, today, my special guest is uh, from my sponsoring organization for this month's episodes of Local Matters. She is Ms. Danita Myler, and she is president of the Augusta Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. How are you doing today, Sara Danita? I am doing wonderful. Janice, how are you doing today? I am great. I'm so happy to have you with me uh, because we're going to clear up a couple misconceptions today. 
I think people have all these ideas of who sorority girls are and what sororities do. And they think we just party and have fun all the time. But the reality is a lot different from that. Is that right? Oh, that's quite so. No, we we party hard, but we work hard, too. So we earn our right to party. We earn our right to party. I love it. If you could get started, before we talk some about the history of the national organization, as well as some of the accomplishments of the Augusta alumni chapter, I want you to just tell us a little bit about yourself, your educational and your professional background. Okay, thank. First of all, I want to thank you for inviting me on your show. This is such a, a great honor, and I'm just glad that you have this radio show that uh, gets information out to the community. So my background is that I graduated from Georgia Tech a long time ago, but I'm proud of that fact. That's what got me down South, going to Georgia Tech. I started working at SRS for 25 years uh, as a project control engineer. I am now retired and I'm happily retired, but it was a great job while I had it. Thanks for that. Um, now uh, let's tell, let's learn a little bit more. I know some of our audience thinks they know about uh, Delta, but uh, there's probably a lot that they don't know. So if you could uh, tell us a little bit about the history of the organization. Okay, I would be glad to do that. From its inception, social action has been at the foundation of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Our sorority, which was started by 22 college women on the campus of, ha of Howard University on January 13, 1913, has always had at its core community involvement. In March of the founding year, those dedicated young women marched in a women's suffrage movement, advocating for women's voting rights. Although the black women were relegated to the back of the parade, we were still there representing our race. And it's been rumored that some of them moved on up some as the parade kept going. So even though you put us in the back, we're always gonna work our way to the front. Yes, and those founders, the 22 founders of Delta really were uh, taking a chance, so to speak, because at that point, they weren't even sure that it was going to benefit them personally at all. It exactly. was just, it, they wanted to make sure that women first got the right to vote with the expectation that Black women would be allowed to follow. So exactly. that, that is a proud part of our tradition and our history. Um, I look back on that. Sometimes I get frustrated or discouraged. And I said, well, you know, if the 22 founders uh, would take that leap of faith, uh, I can feel good about some of the leaps of faith that, that we're taking today. Um, if you fast forward a little to the Augusta alumni chapter, uh, we've done a lot in the community over the past 40 plus years. And we have a number of folks in our community who are uh, members of Delta Sigma Theta that others may not know about. So if you could just talk about some of our accomplishments and our uh, members who have served in, in various capacities in local government, I think our audience would benefit from that. Okay, thank you very much. Um, we have had a long-standing history in the local CSRA, and for our and we've been interested in an ongoing commitment to advocate for and working in the community. 
Our local chapter boasts as members in outstanding community servants, such as Betty Beard, who became a city commissioner after her husband's death. And Janice, you, we are just so proud that you were city uh, administrator and uh, looked out for the city the way we needed it to. Now we also have Kelly McIntyre and Monique Walker who are both state court judges. And if there, there wasn't time constraint, I could go on and on. These ladies along with many others work tirelessly to make sure that our voices and the voices of the areas underserved do not go unheard. Another accomplishment that we've done in the area that we are very proud of is we help establish the Lucy Craft Laney Museum of Black History with the blessings of Miss Laney's family. It holds the distinction of being the only museum in the area dedicated to preserving the local African-American history. And that's, that's just very important to our whole community that we keep our history and we know it. That museum has a variety of exhibits. Sometimes they uh, celebrate people in the local community who've uh, made significant accomplishments. Uh, sometimes they have a special exhibit. I think one of my favorites is the quilt exhibit. Mm -hmm. You can go here. Some of those people are so talented and they come up with these beautiful quilts and um, things like that. And it really highlights the, the talent and the artistry of African-Americans. Exactly. Um, I want a couple it, of the quilts that they've been exhibiting. Right, exactly. Can you now talk a little bit more, getting back to tying uh, the activities of the Augusta alumni chapter uh, back to the founders and the suffragette movement. Uh, we are leading our own charge right now. Uh, started yesterday. Um, we picked up some really uh, important things that you're going to tell us about. And then we've got a number of activities between now and January 5th. Uh, can you give folks an idea of what some of those things will be? Yes, I can. We're extremely interested in the current runoff election and are working with other organizations to encourage the community to return to the polls on January 5th. Many, many events have been planned to encourage voter turnout for the January runoff. Hopefully, you all have seen some of the billboards displayed throughout the city. We are also placing yard signs in various locations throughout the city. Uh, there's several motorcades that have been um, started and we will be a part of those motorcades starting with one tomorrow on uh, December the 14th. And the, because of the purpose of these motorcades, it's been changed to Votercade. And we're just proud to be in there to show the community how much that we care. And we're trying to keep the momentum going and to educate our public on the importance of this upcoming runoff election. You will also see some of our sorority members on some of the street corners waving signs, encouraging everybody to honk and to vote. That is the important thing. We're encouraging everyone to get out and vote. We, we just have to do that. We also are doing a social media campaign also for our young people and those that, that live on social media. Our focus for this voting campaign is to make sure that black communities' voice is heard. There's, there appears to be a systematic 
organized effort to suppress the vote in minority communities. Our community and the state of Georgia showed the country that we are indeed invested in what is happening in the local community and the world. And we can do it again. Black lives do matter. Black votes do matter. We can't just sit back and wait for change. We must be the change. Vote by absentee ballot, vote early, but by all means, vote. The polling place for early voting is Bell Auditorium. The last day to vote is January the 5th. Starting Monday, you can vote early. The last day is the 5th. Try to vote early. Get it done, then you don't have to worry about it. That's our big emphasis. Vote, vote, vote. Danita, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for uh, the chapter being willing to help me as I attempt to get the vote out, get the message out to prepare people to vote. There's one more thing that came to me as you were talking, and that is we don't tell people who to vote for because no. we are a nonprofit organization. Exactly. Um, our focus is on helping people learn the importance of voting. Um, it is on um, ensuring people know when they're supposed to vote. That's why we got those signs. I did something I've never done. I actually put out a yard sign <laughs> yesterday as soon as we picked up those signs. That's right. Um, there's one in my front yard. I took a po picture of it and I posted it on my social media, my Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we don't tell you who to vote for. Um, no, we, we just want you to be an educated voter. Don't vote, vote blindly. Educate yourself on what the issues are from the candidates. That's very important because we're hearing a lot of negative campaigning, but we don't know what is their platform? What are they gonna do for you? How is this gonna help your community, your state, your country? If you don't know what they what they're for, you don't know what they're against either. That's right. Thank you so much for being with me, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. This was a joy. I would be remiss if I did not give you the names of a few other well-known members of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Uh, they include Shirley Chisholm, who was the first black person to run for president. She did so in 1972. And of course, she was a congresswoman from the state of New York. Uh, Barbara Jordan, who was a congresswoman from the state of Texas. Uh, Patricia Roberts Harris, who was a cabinet level official in Jimmy Carter's administration, as well as Marsha Fudge, who has just been nominated by President-elect Biden to serve as Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Uh, so that's just a few. Uh, we as Deltas have a rich tradition in public service. Lastly, want to make you aware of uh, an event this coming Saturday. Uh, it is for the Greater Augustus Interfaith Coalition. There will be a power up vote. Let's do it again. Motorcade. Uh, we will be going from downtown Augusta to West Augusta to South Augusta. Um, all the details of that are located on the 
Facebook page of Greater Augusta's Interfaith Coalition. Thanks so much for listening. As always, if you want to check out past episodes, please go to my website, JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com or to SoundCloud slash Local Matters Podcast. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.